Oh, thank. Thank you for the prayer, Matt. Thank you for praying with us, for the team. Um, I've got such a confidence every time I open up the Word of God, because it's going to be the Word speaking to us this morning. It's not my words. It's not my efforts. I've been seeking the Lord since last week, just on what's on His heart for us for today. And I believe as we open up the Word, you're going to clearly hear the Word of God speak to you. I want to ask you that you be ready to respond to it today. That you don't just hear it, but as we go through it, as we lean into it, that your heart would be completely in the hands of the Holy Spirit to, to work, to mend, to, to, to mold where He wants to take you through the reading and the preaching of His Word this morning. And uh, I just think after that prayer, that, that's, our, that's our, our job. It is that. It's to stay obedient to Him, to trust the Word that He has given us, but then to teach it. And I pray as we teach the Word that you would hear the Word of God this morning. And that's my prayer. I want to start with a story. Uh, when Eliana and I were newly weds back in the day, and uh, we, we went on an adventure. We decided, you know what, we want to do this overseas thing where you go and work abroad. And being musicians, we thought, what better way than to go and use our music abroad? So we ended up on the Seychelles Islands um, for six months to go and be entertainers at a, at a resort there. Now, in our mind, <laughs> we had this idea of living the high life, going to the beach, swimming in the pools, uh, enjoying the food, but it was anything but that. We were just uh, put in a little place to stay down the road. Um, we had to tr use the bus to get in and out. Uh, sometimes we get, get on the bus because the bus drivers, for some reason, that didn't like us coming there and making the music, so we had to walk and carry instruments and a whole story. But one day we were there in the six months, and we, we just, just want to watch a movie. Can we just watch a movie? <laughs> just that moment, you know, and obviously... Back in the day, we didn't have something like streaming. And if there was stream, I'm sure the island wouldn't have had the internet to stream. Just sending a letter back home took us uh, like 15 minutes to write. And then when you send it, the little wheel goes and goes and like, are they getting it? And then it goes through. And when we download our emails, it takes forever. So we found a DVD store down the road in the local village where we lived. We go down and we see the DVDs and we see the printing looks a little bit off, but uh, it looks like a Tom Hanks movie, so let's take it. Uh, we're going to watch Forrest Gump. And we go home and we put it into the DVD-ROM. You guys remember? <laughs> we're going to watch a movie on the laptop. And um, it's one of those terribly pirated movies that they got somewhere from Hong Kong. Wasn't sure whether it was Forrest Gump or Castaway. We knew it was a Tom Hanks movie. I can't even remember what it was. But it was so badly pirated that the movie and the story was entangled in a camera locked off on a screen and people walking in front of it and not hearing what is said and the Chinese subscripts and the whole thing. Anyone can relate to that? Okay, you guys confessing for watching pirated movies? Or... <laughs> but we couldn't really get to the heartbeat of the story. It was just entangled in the bad quality of this pirated film. And this morning I want to speak to us about entangled or unchained. How are we living our story in the season? How is God's story being played out in our lives in the season? Are we entangled by all the piracy that happens in the world around us, trying to 
diminish the story or are we unchained? And as we're going to see this morning, as the word of God is unchained, and that is the goal of the people of God to live there. So open up your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, where we're going to read about this. Now the context is that Paul is writing this letter to uh, his spiritual son, as he calls him, Timothy, and we know that by the time that this letter was written, and what it was later, it was written for that Paul probably knew that his execution was going to happen sometime soon. He is in prison, he is in chains, and he wants to get a message to Timothy. And this is what he writes. I'm going to read from chapter two, verse thirteen, all the way um, to three, uh, to verse seventeen. Sorry about that. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. It'll be up on the screen. It'll also be up on the screen for you guys online. And let's read together. And I pray as I read that the word would already start speaking. That you don't wait for what is Pierre going to say about this. Let the word just already speak to you. And if God shows you something, turn back to him quickly. Repent if you need to and say, yes, Lord, I need that in my life. Let's read together. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. I'm going to read that again. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say. And may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we endure, we shall reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. He cannot deny Himself. Remind them of these things. Charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philitus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth saying that the resurrection is already past, and they have overthrown the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having the seal. The Lord knows who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Amen. Isn't that strong? Isn't that powerful? Aren't you already sensing what God is wanting to say to you this morning just through reading it? So Paul is writing to Timothy, and Timothy clearly living in a culture and a world where there is so much word on street, and he says, keep the word, 
Keep the word. This is faithful. This is good. This is right, Timothy. Keep the word and make sure that you keep it rightly. He uses three analogies to bring in some comparisons. And he says, like a soldier who is in warfare, who cannot think about the things of civilian life, engage in this warfare through the sword of your word. Like an athlete who runs and play according to the rules of, the law, of, of, of running and is running for victory, run this race. That's where we were over the past three weeks in the messages that we preached. Endure, run the race, keep running, throw off the constraints, keep your eyes on Jesus and run. And like a farmer who is faithfully planting and trusting and planting and trusting, when that harvest comes, oh boy, he's the one who runs into that field and get to taste that harvest, the first fruits that has come out of his faithfulness. And that is the message that Paul is trying to bring to Timothy in this moment. Be like a soldier, be like an athlete, be like a farmer and remain on track in this place and time. What a ready word for us today. And I was burdened this week because when I look at the world and all the civilian pursuits and the affairs of this life, I can't help but see that people are entangled by it, completely wrapped up in it, completely ruined by it and run by it. There's so much word on the street today that even the people of God aren't sure about their salvation, that even the people of God are afraid of things that they hear and read and see, that should I do this or should I not do this? And if I do this, what is God going to think about it? And God says, you know what I think about it? Here are some trustworthy things. If you have died with me, you live in me. If you endure, you will reign with me. That's what we've got to hear in this time. I can imagine Paul being burdened for Timothy. He says, Timothy, there's all these guys out there saying all these other things. But you just stay true to the word. So my first principle this morning is that leaning or lending your ears to the world only suffocates. We get entangled. We get entangled if we keep lending our ears to the world. What is the world saying about this season? What's the world's opinions? What's the world doing? And I've been burdened by that. For the sake of the church. Because we obviously have to look different. We have to live different. Because we've got this. But somehow I look at the church of, of the Lord. And people are entangled by the word on the street. And I think about what Jesus has done on the cross. And I see people not free. And Paul writes to Timothy. And he says, you know what? These things are spreading like cancer. I'm convinced if Paul was living today and he was writing to Timothy, he might have used a different analogy. He might have said these words, these opinions, these, these babblings, these controversies are spreading like a WhatsApp message. Amen or oh my? It's spreading like a YouTube clip. You hear what I'm trying to say? Have you been entangled? This week, the, 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 the things of the world has tried to entangle me just through WhatsApp messages and YouTube and the news trying to get me. This week alone, I felt like, okay, according to the news and some WhatsApps, Monday last week is going to be the day that South Africa is going to go to the pits and everything is going to be overthrown. 
Did you guys get a message? I got one. And then I went and looked on the news and like, yeah, there's some stuff on the street. I heard last week that, you know what? It is going to be the biggest battle in medical history. Some doctors say yes, some doctors say no. And the people of God like, okay, what do we do? We do. There's people fighting. There's believers fighting on these matters. Then this week, I see the political polarization again in the world around the issue of Afghanistan. And I'm like, what do we do? And then we get all these messages and then we get this pray. Now, let me just say something. Yes, I will pray. Yes, I will decree. Yes, I will trust, but according to the word. Because I've got the word, and because I have the word and understand the word, I know how to pray. Doesn't mean just like, Lord Jesus, will you do something and come through, and that's great. But if we pray according to the word, our prayer changes. So it's not just for the church to pray, 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 and send stuff. You know what, in that sending stuff, we might just induce more fear than prayer. Why don't we send the word? Why don't we just send the word? What are we lending our ears to in this season? What are we listening to? And Paul writes to Timothy and says, let that stuff that spreads like cancer not even come close to you. Let it not even touch you. You live in the word. I had to protect my heart this week. Because even in leading a faith community, my own insecurities come up. So, Lord, are we saying enough? Are we doing enough? Because if I say yes, then those who say no will be offended that I said yes. If I say no, then those who said yes might leave the church because we said no. <laughs> hey, Pierre, what do you? I don't care what I think, to be honest. I'll tell you what I think about the essential truths about our biblical and, and, and Christian walk. And I'll tell you what I think the Bible says, but what I think doesn't matter that much. What he thinks is the only thing that matters. And in a moment, we're going to see exactly what he thinks. Are you already feeling a little bit less entangled? I do hope so. Because I believe that we're going to leave this morning and we're going to be completely unchained. We're going to be free. Because that's what Jesus died for on the cross for each one of us to be liberated. There's a recurrence here of something that Paul is trying to tell Timothy because in three places, and even one of the verses we're going to read just now, he keeps speaking about the word on the street and all these things. Let's read again, 2 Timothy 2.14. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. You know how burdened I am that families quarrel about opinions in this season? 2 Timothy 2.16. Avoid irreverent babble. Avoid it. <laughs> For it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. 2 Timothy 2.23. Don't have anything to do. Uh, just a little. Just a, No, don't. Anything to do. With foolish and stupid arguments. What a great English word. Stupid arguments. <laughs> because you know that they produce quarrels. But the servant of the Lord is not quarrelsome. Patient, bearing with one another in humility and love. Have you been entangled? Have you felt this week even, maybe this morning, how those things want to come and wrap around you? How do we counter this? 
Well, 2 Corinthians 10 says this, that we cast down the imaginations. I love that. We cast down the imaginations and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God. What does it mean? It's not just the things that speak out against God. It is the things that take our affections and our attention away from God. Those imaginations, those controversies, those things, we don't give any attention to it, but we take every thought captive under the obedience of Jesus Christ, under his gospel. I hope you already feel a little more disentangled from the word on the street. But not only is Paul saying that, he's saying something more than that. He says, not only do you you need to stop lending your ears to the world, because that leads to suffocation. He says, you need to live right in God's word, as that leads to liberating Living right in God's word always liberates. And here's important for you to note the word right. Because there is even a way to take the word of God. We see it in Job's friends where they say truths, but in the wrong way that it comes out wrong. That's not living right. And that's why Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, Timothy, you make sure in this season and charge the people of God that they treat the word of God rightly. That they read it rightly. And I'm not implying that you've got to know Hebrew and Greek language and have studied the course in theology. That is what church and community and leadership is there for. You know what's one of the greatest joys when someone in church says, hey, just help me understand this passage. Am I understanding this correctly? Am I understanding it in context? See, there's another way for us to live. And that is living rightly in the word of God. And when we do there, just like the Word of God, we become unchained. We become completely free and liberated. I've just finished a book by Eugene Peterson, the author of uh, the message uh, paraphrase of the Bible. You might have read some of that. And in this book, it's called Eat the Word or Eat This Word. He speaks about the Bible and how the Bible has, even to the Christian community, becomes something that is sitting amidst a whole lot of other philosophies. He writes this. He says, Our new class of spiritual masters is composed of scientists and economists, physicians and psychologists, educators and politicians, writers and artists. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I get this. But I also got to post all those little beautiful things that I see on social media, like protect yourself and put in boundaries, and think of yourself first. And did Jesus not say that the man of the Son of God, Son of Man, will lay down his life for his friends? But you see, we've got all these philosophies that we call Christian, but when we rightly divide the Word of God, and we become, un- become untang- entangled in it, we become completely stuck in it, and then we say, I'm frustrated because my relationships ain't working. I'm frustrated because I'm not seeing this happen But we have allowed all these philosophers and scientists and psychologists and educators and politicians and writers to mess with the view that God has on things. I hope you're hearing that I'm preaching to liberate you this morning. I'm preaching as a herald this morning to say, guys, there's another way to live. Eugene Peterson writes further on. He says this, we have to counter, we have to counter the widespread practice of taking personal experience instead of the Bible as the authority for living. 
I've fallen a victim to that. Where my experience of what I think or feel, feelings, feelings have to be submitted under the word of God. We have to counter the widespread practice of taking experience instead of the Bible as the authority for living. And then he explains it. And I love, if you read this man's literature, it's all about humility. It's all about trusting Jesus and just walking with him. He says, the way of the Bible is a pedestrian way. Literally pedestrian. We put one foot in front of the other as we follow Jesus. And in order to know him and who he is, where he is going, and how to walk in his steps, we reach for a book, we reach for the book, and we read it. Are you entangled or are you unchained? Because again, back to that scripture, and here it is in two translations. The word of God is not bound. The word of God is not chained. Is that true in your life? Is that true of your walk with him? That his word is so freely in you and upon you that you walk unchained and free and liberated. You've got to see the contrast here. Paul is writing this while he's in chains. His conditions aren't great. He's heard the whispers in the room of his execution. He knows that his time is little on this earth. <laughs> he's standing and says, you know what, Timothy? Even though they try their very best to kill me, even though they've tried their very best to keep the gospel and the word of God under wraps, it is still running and it is still powerful. What in this world has got the hold of your ears which should have been the word of God? And then secondly, have you been rightly dividing the word of God? I think it would be greater. I know it is for me, but I want to propose to you as a disciple of Jesus. If you look at scripture and you're unsure, you might have a little bit of a hutch of what it means, but you're unsure to not say, okay, but this is what it says. To have the humility to go a little bit deeper and study a little more, to read a little further. To go and understand what it says. Because somehow in this world today, the book of Revelation, which is opening up by saying the revelation of Jesus Christ has turned in our day and age about the expectation of the beast. It's in the way that we read it, right? So for so many of us, it's, 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 it's scary. This is happening. It's coming. Said, Guys, go read Revelation. It's about Jesus and his church and his bride, which he absolutely loves. And then he gives us everything to know that he's going to fight for us and he's going to be victorious so that the marriage of the Lamb is going to come and we're going to be united with him and we're going to reign with him until eternity. That's what it is about. So stop reading it with the word on the street speaking to your mind. Read it for what it says. That's how God is calling us to live. And as a soldier, we use it as a sword. As an athlete, we look to the living word, the starter and the finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12, and we run, casting off any restraint. And as a farmer, John 15, we abide in his word and he in us, and then we will have fruitful lives. And then when we ask him anything, he will do it for us. A soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. Untangled. And unchained, living freely in this world. And then lastly, how do we find the pivot, the moment between the world and lending our ears to that and the word and being liberated by it? And it's very simple. Let the gospel differentiate. 
Let the gospel be the differentiating factor. Let me explain what I mean. Paul says, Timothy, I know that there's all these entangling words out there, but I want to remind you of the word. But then he says this, but remember Jesus Christ and the gospel that I preach to you. And it's in that remembering of the gospel that we are set free from the opinions of the world and go back to the word of God. And I believe it is absolutely possible to live there. I believe it. I've been so encouraged by one of our members, one of our older members in, the, in this community who's been so faithful, faithfully serving this house for many years. And just recently, she had to be moved from the beauty of her own home to a place where there's assisted living, where she's been taken care of by nurses because that's the season of life she's entered. And as she went there a week later, she fell sick with the terrible C virus. But you know what? Her faith was unwavering. She didn't even have a moment of fear. She was just in the word of God. She says, you know what? It's just giving me a little bit more time to be alone with Jesus because I can't be with people in the season. What a way to look at it. And she's come through it and she's stronger and she knows on the other side of this that God has placed her there with a mission. And the day before she went to this new season of her life, I was with her in the living room and she said, Pierre, you know what? God has got a mission for me there. Yes, I'm sad. Yes, it's terrible that I'm, lo I'm moving on. I'm probably never going to come back to this house. But there's a mission and there's people there because once before I was there and the gospel wasn't even preached at a funeral. I'm going to go there and share Jesus. That is a life who's been completely unchained from the world and lives in the word. That's how I want to live. That's the example that I want to follow. If the world suffocates and the word liberates, let the gospel differentiate. And here's how. I love what Paul is doing. He's writing so, so cleverly. He says this, this is a faithful saying. Timothy, in a world where there's so many sayings, so many opinions, so many thoughts, this is the one that is faithful. And then he preaches the gospel. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot Deny himself. And just to make sure, Timothy, and just to make sure every nation comes to rest, that you're hearing this this morning, a few verses later. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having the seal, it's been sealed from the foundation, and that seal will be broken at the end when Jesus comes. The Lord knows who are His. So if you are His, it doesn't matter whether you say yes or no on things that doesn't matter that much. You are His and you are saved. Because if you've died with Him, you will live with Him. If you endure, you will reign with Him. Only if you deny Him speaking about apostasy, seeking about that moment where you willfully say, Jesus, I choose against you. I don't believe in you. I believe all of this is nonsense. Where you turn your back on the Christian faith and walk away. Only then will He deny you. So it doesn't even matter what your decisions in this world is on non-essential things. If you died with Christ, you live with Him. Have you been entangled because of fear, because of opinions, because of ideas, controversies, imaginations? I hope you're getting free this morning. I love what he is saying here, looking at those four statements. 
If you died with him, you live with him. The old is gone, the new has come. We are a new creation. When we, we identify with his death through becoming a child of God and going through baptism and confessing our faith and we are resurrected out of the water, that's what he means. Now we live in Christ. There's a new life. But not just that. Over the past three weeks, we've been speaking about endurance. Keep running the race. Keep running the race. Because at the end, there's a victor's crown. At the end, when Jesus comes, we're going to reign and rule with him completely like it was meant for at the beginning when he created us to be rulers and dominion and uh, domineering over the world. We're going to have that completely restored. Only if you deny him will he deny you. But then here is the beautiful part. If you find yourself in a moment of faithlessness, in a moment of tripping up, in a moment of disbelief, in a moment of doubt, you know what? He is a faithful God. He cannot deny himself. So go back to statement one. If you live with him, die with him, you will live with him. If you endure, you will reign. Some of you have felt the fear of losing out on being part of the people of God because you felt faithless or doubting in a moment. Not because you wanted to, because the world it's just saying so much. He's saying to you today, live in me. Preach the gospel to your soul every single day. When the enemy comes, when the deceiver comes, when the accuser comes and says, you know what, you're you. You're not a child of God. You thought like that. You reacted like that. You say, wait a minute, I've confessed and I've turned back to Jesus. I live with him. That's how we gauge this warfare. We don't engage it by fighting civilian fights and fighting according to the affairs of this life we fight it with the gospel we run this race like an athlete according to the gospel every step every stride is christ in me and i in christ and we're running this race onto the victory and we run it like a farmer who's planting seeds expecting a crop expecting a harvest to come so wherever you are if you're feeling this warfare Stick to this faithful saying. Stick to that. Then you won't suffocate by the opinions of the world. Then the word of God will truly liberate. And then the gospel will come and speak to your soul every single time. And then remember this, 2 Timothy 2, 19. The Lord knows who are his. And there's nothing that can change that. So I'm going to ask Elena to come up and, and minister. Because I want you to respond this morning. It would be a miss to just hear his heart and leave this room entangled. It would be a miss to hear what he's wanting to say to us and don't allow the Holy Spirit to show us if there's been places, even in our own walk, where the Word of God wasn't as clear to us and we believed something that hasn't been the gospel. Just like these guys did, they believed the resurrection has already taken place. You know, that happens, eh? But he's faithful. If we have those moments of faithlessness, he is faithful. He cannot deny himself. He cannot deny the promises of the cross. He cannot deny that we can live in Christ and we can run this race with endurance because we have his word. Lord Jesus, I pray for your people this morning. I pray for your people hearing this message online whenever they listen to it. I pray, Holy Spirit, come and illuminate hearts. Come and show us where we've been entangled by the words of culture and society and the internet and our phones 
And we've neglected to hear your word. God, I pray that we would have such faith that if we only have the word of God, we would be saying we have enough. We don't need anything else. We don't have to have a whole shelf of opinions that we can read from and be encouraged by. We have your word. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is the one who leads us in all truth. Thank you for leading us in truth and understanding your word. And thank you that in, even in times when we are unsure that we have community to help us see what your word says. But most of all, Jesus, I thank you today for the gospel that has just said to us again that if we have died with you, we are alive in you. If we endure, we will reign. And if we have a moment where we make a mistake and we might fall, if we get up and we keep running, Lord, you are a faithful one. And you will faithfully lead us in this season. We thank you for that, Jesus. I'm going to ask you to be bold this morning. If you feel like you've been entangled, if you feel like you just need someone to pray with you today and, and speak to your soul and, and help you get those ropes and those things off your back that you would stand this morning, to stand up. I had to stand this week and ask people to pray for me. So there's no shame in standing. But if that is you, just stand up. Just say, yes, I need prayer. Thank you. I believe there's more of us. Like Even if it's a little bit. Even if it's a little bit, just stand up. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are setting your people free. Thank you that back home, Lord, as people are listening, you are setting them free. If you were someone in the room now that needs prayer, pray with them. But for the next five minutes, I'm going to let the, some of us in this room just gather around our friends. Let's minister to them. Let's pray for them. Let's help them become untangled and unchained and set their focus and their gaze upon Jesus again. So if we can go around, stand around those people. There's some guys at the back. The leaders, Henry, the guys, please help us. Matthew, guys, just go and minister. Anyone else can pray for anyone in this room. So if you want to go pray for someone, let's take five minutes and pray for our brothers and sisters. Amen. Awesome. Let's pray.